if you only had a clue what has happened for me just to get to this point. And, and I'm not talking about like, you know, some philosophical this point. I mean, like today to get this microphone and camera working. And I don't even know how I'm going to put it together yet, but to get it to this point, I spilled coffee all over my keyboard. Uh, I think the top of my laptop is still a little sticky. Um, it, it looks like my dog peed on a rug. So like, that's, that's awesome. Jess is going to love that when she gets home and I don't think anything's ruined, but it's sticky. And so it happened while I was on a phone call with one of my buddies, he's got a fight coming up. And so I'm trying to help him out any way that I can. And it just coffee, boom, everywhere. There we go. Just like that, now you know I'm recording and got to talk about this week's podcast because this week was actually 100% all about my curiosity because a few years ago, um, back when I was using, I would get into like these little trances and I'd fall down these YouTube rabbit holes and one of those rabbit holes was through Kai Green, and I watched everything about Kai Green. Got super deep into the bodybuilding because of how philosophical he was. But in that Kai Green rabbit hole, Mike Puccinella was one of the documentarians, and he just recently appeared in the uh, Amazon Prime version of. It's a new documentary that just came out. Um, called Kai and so Mike was in that uh, talking about his relationship and so I just wanted to somehow attach myself to him to just to get a little bit of that experience a little bit of that why I don't I don't know why it didn't really 100% make sense but it's something that I wanted to do and I felt you know like a little kid talking to Mike um, he helped me get through some pretty shitty times when uh, I needed it and I didn't know that that's what was going on. So anyway, I want to thanks to uh, Mike for continuing to do all his work. Uh, definitely go check it out on YouTube. I'm going to link everything below, obviously. Um, but yeah, so leading into this week's podcast, that's the conversation that you're about to listen to is basically just an eight year old kid. Uh looks like me and just asking questions, you know, out of pure curiosity. So that's going to do it. And uh, yeah, I'll shut up now. See ya. You're listening to the best goddamn podcast available with your host, Rob Childs. All right, cool. Then, yeah, there we go. And uh, Zoom's gotten a lot better since I've used it last. It, last it time has. I was using it was the pandemic, and it was just very, very spotty. But Probably uh, anyways, because everyone was using it at that time. Yeah, yeah, everybody had to use it at that time, definitely. All right, um, all right well, we got it going. Uh, Mike, right. it's great to get you on here. It's good to meet you. Um, great to as meet we you. were just talking, I uh, I met you through uh, through some documentaries on YouTube. 
um, through Kai Green, um, right. some right. his work. And I've kind of been out of the bodybuilding world for quite a while, maybe about a year, year or so. And okay. I've just stepped away from it and focused on uh, fighting MMA and Muay Thai. Gotcha. And coming back to it and uh, kind of running it across something that you were in was the new Kai Green documentary. So had to get you on, had to uh, had to meet you. So thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm always enthusiastic to talk about my projects in any capacity. Yeah, your projects got me through uh, through some weird times, to be honest. That's why it was very uh, I wanted to speak to you directly was um time when i found the kai green documentaries i was going through like a pretty rough period of my life and it was like seeing somebody else go through something similar um obviously i'm not from brooklyn you know um and didn't go through everything that kai went through but to see somebody else's story of pain being portrayed and him going through it definitely helped me and inspired part of this podcast so you've had uh quite a an inspirational, you know, thing to me. So, um, I wanted to see That's how nice you to hear. Get... Let me, let me, let me just yeah. say, let me just say, um, yeah. those Kai green videos, I've gotten a lot of feedback like that from people. Mm-hmm. Once I started putting them out there, I was getting emails from people like you've helped me. And I don't take it personally because a lot of it yeah. obviously has to do with what Kai put on the screen, what I was able to put on the screen with Kai. Um, but they would reach out to me and say, these videos have helped me, helped inspire me, helped change my mm-hmm. life, helped get, get into shape, but also helped them through some emotional times. And that's a really good feeling to be able to do that. And I didn't anticipate that, that this would be the result of those videos, but I'm really glad that it turned out that way. Yeah, it's well in watching the videos, it's not just a video about Kai. It almost feels like you're there with him, kind of. You're you're kind of talking through everything mm-hmm. and it, it feels like you're there as well. So Let's just kind of dive into this. And uh, how do you go about starting in the filmmaking for for your own personal use? Where did this come about? Was it something you just picked up and kind of carried along with you? Well, my most of my life, I worked in our family's printing business from high school to 50 years old. Around okay. in my mid 40s, I, I picked up a video camera and just wanted to challenge myself to see if I could make something that looked like a documentary. I loved documentaries. And so I wanted to try to challenge myself. I looked around for a subject and found one in my brother, Dave. Now, if people don't know, my first work was with my brother, Dave Polsonella, and we did a video series called Raising the Bar, where Mm -hmm. he was in his late 30s, early 40s, and attempting to turn pro, like giving it his last shot. And we did three full-length documentaries, Raising the Bar 1, 2, and 3, which can be found on my website, mikepulsonella.com, in their entirety, but also clips of them can be found on my YouTube channel, Mike Pulsonella, the Mike Pulsonella YouTube channel, along with all these Kai Green videos that we'll be talking about. There's a lot on my channel. But yeah, so I picked up my camera and my brother was going to do the Delaware State Contest. And I followed him. I wanted to show my family kind of what he goes through because they really didn't know what it took to be a competitive bodybuilder. And so Mm -hmm. I just wanted to make a little thing to show my family, but it turned out so well. We ended up talking to a friend of ours who had a a website where he sold all kinds of bodybuilding paraphernalia and he put the DVD on his website and it started to sell and it started to become really popular and it just sort of took off. And so we made another and another cut to a few years later, uh, Gerard Dente, the owner of 
MHP and Muscle Meds, the two supplement companies, mm -hmm. uh, reached out to me and said, would you like to work with top level bodybuilders? I had only been posting clips of my brother, you know, who's just a, he's a, a mid-level bodybuilder, never really made it yeah. to the top tiers. And they said, he said, would you like to, we're going to send you to the Olympia with Kai Green. I couldn't say I, no. How do you say no to that? I, yeah, you exactly. don't, you don't say no to that. But here's the thing. I really didn't know what I was doing. I'm not a trained filmmaker. I was just going by instinct. I was doing the best I can. I got better cameras and I, I learned I, as much as I could, but this was truly being thrown in the deep end. Yeah. And I made a lot of mistakes, technical mistakes along the way, but luckily those stories still came out really powerful. Here's an yeah, interesting no, part of this did. though. Uh, you know, one of the things that and you'll, you'll, you'll hear Kai talk about in the videos is it's to, is to visualize something in order to make it come into reality. Yes. And a lot of people, you know, since the book and the movie, the secret, they talk about, uh, you know, putting something out into the universe and then it comes back to you. It's another way of saying the same thing. It's interesting that while I was working on videos with my brother, but before I ever had a chance to work with Kai, I saw one of Kai's early videos. You may have seen it too, where um, Dave Palumbo goes and visits him in his, yes. in his apartment building. Yeah. You remember that one, right? Where he's going to park his car. He's like, is my right. car safe here? Yeah. They go into the elevator. He says, it smells like urine. This yep. is where you live. You could see that Kai was kind of embarrassed by all of that. And I always felt, and I love Dave Palumbo. He's a friend of mine. But I always felt that he didn't take that video seriously enough. He kind of treated it like a joke. And I'm watching, I remember watching that and thinking, boy, if somebody could really film this guy, Kai Green, and, and really edit him in the right way, I think you could present a really powerful story. So that was yeah. me, like putting it out into the universe. And a few years later, I actually had that opportunity. It was kind of amazing that it worked out that way. Yeah, definitely. Especially going from like a print shop to making hobby videos to, to now you're hanging out with Kai Green. And then yeah, eventually and hired not... by the company to work full time. I'm still working for MHP and Muscle Meds full time. It's a completely new career that's... in the second half of my life. Yeah, that's amazing. So you also did some stuff for uh, Victor, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, Victor Martinez was being sponsored by Maximum Human Performance, MHP. So yep. I got to work with him as well. I, d I definitely yeah, okay. did. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I got to be honest with you. It's strange sitting here hearing your voice um, <laughs> just because I've heard it from right. so many of these documentaries. Right. And I just watched the uh, the newest Kai documentary. So I got mm -hmm. to, to see you on there. And it it literally looked like half the movie was them taking clips from your YouTube series and using most you know of your footage it seemed like well they reached out to me and asked for my footage now my footage i don't own it belongs to muscle meds and so i had to get permission we they had to get permission and i had to get permission from gerard dente he was happy to give it because right. he also ended up they also interviewed him in the in the documentary as well because he was one of the first people to recognize that Kai had great potential and he was one of the first sponsors of Kai Green. And so yeah, a lot of that footage was my early footage, which you know, it was lucky I was there behind the scenes and all that sort of thing because they needed that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And for uh for the listeners in my audience that aren't 100% aware of who Kai Green is, he's for like I don't know 10 years or so it seems like he was like the number two guy um and on the olympia it was four years in a row the last year he competed he should have won 
Uh, I mean, this is just my personal opinion, but when Phil's gut is like so distended (laughs) that you can't even see his middle abs, right? Like he shouldn't have even been in the top five. Dexter was way beyond what he was at that point and he still beat him. But uh, yeah, so Kai Green is. If I had to describe Kai Green to people uh, who don't know who he is. Um, yeah, go please. He's, he, he's a very unusual bodybuilder. Yeah, that he yes. comes from. He comes from kind of a, what they used to call in a nice way a storied past. He has you know some things in his past. He he was a, he was an exotic dancer for a while, and that mm-hmm. has sort of haunted him in his life. Uh, yeah, quite a while. And they they address that in, in the video in the the new documentary. But he utilized some of the things he had learned dancing on stage into his bodybuilding posing routines. And that's why his routines were different than anyone else's. And he has incredible uh, muscular control and great dance moves. It's really interesting to watch. That's how he burst on the scene. He was also incredibly huge and got bigger and bigger and then was vying for the, you know, the top spot, Mr. Olympia against Phil Heath year after year after year, but never could quite beat him. Yeah, he never really could quite beat him. And I I feel like he needs to come back, especially after watching that documentary and, you know, hearing Phil say, you know, like, I want him to come back. Where's my why? You know, like, I need a reason to do this. And so let's kind of like take that. Where's my why into into your work with Kai, um, because there's no way that you can work with Kai without asking why a thousand times. You know, Um, I've, I've just watched his speeches he'll just sit there with a phone and and it makes you definitely think so how many things have you did you pick up from him and uh that you still kind of carry today and do you still have a relationship with him and then i kind of want to talk about just you instead of you and kai but that's um, fine yeah kind of how does that relationship kind of like budded since then well the relationship that we had was based on the fact that i was a muscle meds employee and he was sponsored by muscle okay. when he left to to go to the uh, supplement company he's with now um i could no longer work with him we've communicated a few times through texts you know happy new year and and things like that but we really don't have a continuing relationship because it was all based on you know we're okay. working for the same company and we're trying to produce right. videos for that company however along the way i did i did learn a lot from kai and and I have to say, it's not just Kai. It was Kai and his trainer at the time, Oscar Arden, who is not in the documentary. They had a, Oscar and Kai. Let me, before, let me Before I say that, let me back up a little bit. When I was shooting Kai Green, Oscar Arden was his trainer. And it was a very, very close relationship. It was almost like a father-son kind of thing. And I always liken it to uh, watching uh, Customato with Mike Tyson, that kind yes. of relationship. Yeah. He actually helped bring him, you know, to the stage, but they had a falling out in later years. That was so bad that Oscar didn't want to be a part of the new Kai documentary. So he's not in it at all. But when you okay, talk, yeah. but when you talk about um, the kinds of philosophies that Kai talks about all the time, power of the mind and visualization yeah. and all that kind of stuff, he was really introduced. Kai was really introduced to that by Oscar Arden, who also gave me some of those books. And he was teaching the both of us. So while Kai is sort of like the figurehead of that kind of brand of positive thinking, he he would even have to admit that it it came from Oscar Arden and that we both learned it from him, you know, that you must 
you know, control your mind in order to control your destiny. Uh, it's a very important thing. Um, I feel bad that Oscar wasn't in the documentary. Uh, he he definitely deserved recognition of some kind, but I guess, the, and I don't have the inside scoop on their breakup, but it must have been bad enough that they just didn't want to collaborate with this. But, you know, the the lingering influence of that kind of thing, of being with Kai in Las Vegas, and if you watch... You know, my uh, first documentary with him, Overkill, which is, again, on my YouTube channel, uh, you can see that we're all immersed in in listening to these audio books and, and trying to learn the power of positive thinking and what that really means, you know, thinking, visualizing something positive and then working to make it come to fruition. That's really what it's all about. I still live by that to this day. Yeah, he Kai has this one saying it's uh, thoughts become things. Yes. And and as soon as I heard that, I was like, wow, you know, like it's it's so simple, but it's it's so big. It's very it's a very heavy statement to think about. And, and you've kind of taken your thoughts and and turned them into many, many things. It's absolutely true. There's nothing in this world uh, man made, of course, that wasn't a thought first. This, this microphone itself was somebody's thought and they mm -hmm. made it into a reality. It. it Everything begins as as thought, and uh, that that's a very powerful lesson. And yeah, I'm definitely. glad that, and I'm glad that Kai's still trying to spread the word of that kind of uh, thinking because I think it's powerful. I think it's positive, and I think people can really benefit from it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm very curious. Like, as long going on the thoughts line is kind of your thought process and going into like the uh, the creative aspect of making something such as a documentary. Mm -hmm. How do you even? dark that process from the technical aspects, let alone from the direction point. Well, it's funny because you mentioned earlier that when you watch my Kai documentaries, it feels like you're, you're there. Yes. Um, and that is a certain style of filmmaking called cinema verite or fly on the wall. So when I shoot documentaries, the style that I like to use is, is just to be there almost, a, almost like a voyeur, you know, do your thing, just, just do your thing and let me capture it and then let mm -hmm. me put it together and, and tell your story. There are a lot of uh, bodybuilding videos out there where the the subject, the bodybuilder, will talk to the camera. They're, hey, here we are at such and such gym. We're going to do a workout today. I want to tell you what I'm eating today. And that's all fine and good. I don't like those. Right. I want them to do their thing and maybe have a conversation with me at some point. And you'll see I talk to Kai from behind the camera very often. But for the most part, I want to capture uh, reality as much as possible. And the only way to do that is to spend a lot of time with the subject and not interact with them too much, not have a big crew with lights and boom microphones and all that kind of stuff. No, just me and a camera and the subject. And we hang out and eventually they begin to forget that they're on camera and some real things can happen. Those are the kinds of things that I liken to, uh, to like big game hunting. Like if you get a real moment on film. That's a very special thing because it's not easy to do unless you have a hidden camera or something. But if you're creating right. a documentary, most of the time people are very aware that they're on screen, that they're on camera and they will act differently. I like to spend enough time with people that they kind of forget that and we have some some real moments on film. And I think I captured a few of them along the way with Kai Green, especially in the behind the scenes stuff when he was going to the Olympia. So yeah, I'm not a trained filmmaker, but that's the style that I sort of fill into. That's the style I prefer. And that's where my creativity comes from. Yeah, it definitely feels like you're there and and you don't have to be trained. 
um, in anything to be good, you know, at something. I know a lot of people that are trained and they suck. So <laughs> it doesn't true. necessarily have to, you know, equal out either way. It's very <laughs> true. But uh, so you have the the Kai documentary and, and from my standpoint, that helped launch his career. It was a, a very good time mm-hmm. um, to kind of start to escalate his career. And then, you know, as you Absolutely. said, your, your paths kind of split. So what are you working on since the Kai documentary? I know you were in this last one, um, mm-hmm. but you also have been putting out other content as well. Um, what, what have you been working on recently? Well, I'm still working on putting out some content. My, my brother, Dave, my first subject is also a, a trainer and a nutritionist. And so we put out short videos talking about various topics with nutrition and bodybuilding. Now, Dave has a YouTube site I'd like to plug called yeah. Pulse, P-U-L-S-E, Pulse Nutrition and Bodybuilding. And he puts a lot of, I help him put together some content for that. But as, as far as like real deep bodybuilding documentaries, I'm not really doing that anymore. And I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. One is yeah. it's a very physical job and I'm 61 years old now and my knees aren't so good and my back isn't so good. And to spend all day on my feet with camera equipment and a bag and all like I used to do with Kai, I would actually, I was living in Pennsylvania at the time. I would drive to Brooklyn, spend all day with him and then drive all the way back to Pennsylvania. That was like a shooting day for me. At 45, oh, I could do it then, but could I do it now? I don't, I don't think so. So there's the physical aspect of it. It's extremely okay. yeah. exhausting. And I don't know if I could keep up that pace, but there's also another thing besides my brother, Dave and Kai, I've, and, and Victor Martinez to a certain extent, other than those guys, I've not really found good subjects. I kept trying to do documentaries in the bodybuilding world. And most of them you haven't heard of because they weren't as good as as the Kai Green documentaries right. or, or, or raising the bar with my brother. And I, ha- and that's because it's a documentary is only as good as the person you're pointing the camera at. And a lot of people, most people, in fact, don't want a real documentary about the ups and downs of their life. No one wants to be seen in some of the worst moments of their life. They want this thing to be all positive and positive and, and make them look good and make them look. And it's, that's called a fluff piece and right. it has its uses, but it's not interesting. It's not very interesting to watch any movie story, TV show, documentary has conflict, has problems where the, where the characters or the real people in the case of a documentary go through problems and we watch them go through problems and then rise to meet those problems. If you work with me and you try to hide all your problems from me, you're not going to get a good documentary. Let me give you an example. A Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter. And this was actually a guy who was a, a, a lawyer and, want, and, and, and competed in Brazil in jiu-jitsu in his off-season. And he wanted okay. me to make a documentary following him through his training and then possibly going with him to Brazil to see how he did in a competition. And uh, he even gave me a down payment and we talked about what we were going to do. And then he disappeared. I couldn't get a hold of him for months. Finally see him again. And he says, oh, you know, I'm almost ready to start the documentary, but but my dad died. And then I had to have open heart surgery and I lost all kinds of weight. And I was standing in front of the mirror and I was crying. And I was, yeah, you talk about a (laughs) riveting documentary to come back from all of that. And then finally, maybe possibly win at this. It would have been amazing. I didn't get any of it on film. And I said, 
here's your deposit back. We missed probably the most dramatic part of your story. And I didn't know if I said it this way, but this is how I felt. If you thought that that wasn't worth putting on film, you don't understand how I work. You don't understand what makes a good documentary. And we're going to be at odds through the whole thing. And it's not going to turn out good anyway. I don't want to take your money to do that. Yeah, no, I that like wasn't that. A, that, wasn't, that wasn't an isolated incident. I had other bodybuilders who were like hooked on drugs and had to go through rehab and then went, went on to win bodybuilding competitions and they wouldn't let me show the bad stuff. Yeah. What, it, so that's yeah. a problem. When you're a filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker, and people try to just show you the good stuff, you end up with something that's boring, basically. Yeah, I it sucks because I understand it from their aspect, especially like I do for too. this show specifically. Um, you know, I try to capture essentially what you're trying to capture, you know, right. is is that those deep, dark moments, because it is about what you can produce at the end. Um, so you being able to kind of like stand to your morals and, you know, say that this isn't going to be good. Here's your money back. That's pretty amazing because that doesn't happen very often. A lot of times they'll just shoot the thing and then they wasted their money. It's um, this, but there's, there's, I know how much it takes, how much I have, I have to put in of myself to make the finished product, whether it's good or bad. And I, yeah. I, I couldn't get the energy up to continue to work on that project with him because I just knew it wasn't going to be as powerful as it could have been. Yeah, it sounds like it would have been really good, especially going through all those things. And then, I mean, I fight jujitsu myself. So watching those things on flow grappling would have been amazing to have a documentary like that. And unfortunately, even myself, like I've had a pretty shitty past, pretty, uh, you know, shady. I've had to go to rehab and things like that. And so mm -hmm. I understand the wanting to guard the history and it almost makes it seem like it never happened and you don't want people to use that as a weapon against you but absolutely it is then don't be then don't be a documentary so. subject yeah yeah exactly the thing with that is is it's almost like if you tell everything that you've done you can't really hurt me with something that i told you about that's a great um, point so that's kind of the angle that i'm trying to get at that is a um, great point yeah but yeah, it's it's amazing talking to you, man. It's I wish we had more time. I know we don't, but uh, just get a couple more minutes out of you if you sure. don't mind. Yeah, I'm just go. I I just wish I could soak up more inspiration from you of kind of the why, you know, like like the Kai Green thing of of why you do what you do, I guess, and why why is it that you won't shoot a bad video? Um, because a lot of people will and the videos that you shoot it the reason why i thought that there was a bigger connection between you and kai was because of the relationship that you you have on screen whether or not you're on the camera um right. it does translate to you having a relationship with him yeah but there's also the business aspect and when he went to that other supplement company he just simply couldn't work with me as oh, long yeah. as i worked with the previous company yeah. there's just that part of it the why though that's a good question because that's the thing that I always ask my subjects. That's the thing I want to know. Like why mm -hmm. not what not only what do you do, but why do you do it? And I think that's what sets some of my stuff apart from others because a lot of other bodybuilding videos are uh, what I call sets and reps videos. You know, how many yeah. sets and how many reps of this exercise? How much did he eat in a day? What does he eat in a day? Dorian Yates videos. Yeah, and that's again, that's all good. It's all very yep. uh, educational if you want to be a bodybuilder. But I don't particularly. I want to know the motivation behind yeah. why they would push themselves. Because as you know, 
bodybuilding is one of the most demanding sports there is. It's a 24-7 activity when 100%. you're coming up to a contest. So there's got to be some kind of internal drive to do that. Mm-hmm. As for my why, you know, um, I've always been a creative person. When I was younger, I was an art major in high school. I was, was going to be an artist. I thought I was going to be uh, an architect at one point. I was working towards that. That didn't work out. That's fine. Uh, I was a musician, a, a, a professional musician uh, for 20 years off and on, uh, you know, while I was working for the the printing business. Uh, and yeah. that really satisfied creative urges. And it, you know, eventually you get tired of that because when you're a musician, you're playing part-time, it's every, every one of your weekends is used up. And uh, so mm-hmm. eventually I wanted my my weekends back. I, I was married, I had a kid and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to spend time with them. And then there was a period where I didn't do much of anything creatively. And that started to gnaw at me. I think some people are, they, they write or they draw, this has to come out of them in some way. Some kind of creativity has to come out of them in some way. And I just think I'm one of those people. And that's why when I had this video camera that no one was using in the family, I decided to try to challenge myself creatively. That's my why is everything is a challenge. Can you do this thing that you've never done before uh, creatively? And in that case, it was a documentary. And uh, actually the first attempt was, was bad. The first attempt of raising the bar, the first one, the one that kind of started to make a name for me was bad. And I had to scrap it and start over because I didn't know what I was doing. I got about a third of the way into editing it and I realized I was doing it completely wrong. So I scrapped it, started over and figured out how to do it. Um, But it's just something that has to be done. What was that? Editing is a whole different monster. Editing is... That's another thing. I don't think just anyone can edit. Uh, no. I think you, it, because it's kind of tedious, it's solitary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of like that a little bit. That's, I, I like having projects where it's just me. I, I don't mind going out and shooting, but I like bringing all that footage back. And then it's just me piecing it together. Uh, you've got to, this is, this is true of anything. And I think you'll agree with me. You've got to enjoy the process. You can't just be working for the end result. So with, with video editing, You've got to enjoy the process of going through the clips, finding one clip, finding another clip that should follow it, and and creating a flow of a story. That has to be satisfying to you, as much as uh, like if if you're knitting, right? If you're knitting a a, a big blanket or something, you can't yeah. just be I can't wait to get this blanket done. You have to be I enjoy making this knot. I enjoy making this knot, and I I think uh, I think uh, Will Smith likened it to building a wall. Right, you each brick is a thing you have to yeah, love to put in into place. You know that one, right? Okay, yes. so that's that's yep. that's a great analogy too. You have to love laying each brick, and then yeah. guess what? You step back and you've got a wall. It's the same thing with with video editing. So you have to love the 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 tedium, really. For some people, uh, it's not for me. The the tedium of of going clip by clip by clip and making sure that it flows smoothly. Um, that's something that uh, I just don't know if it can be taught or acquired. I think part of that has to come uh, naturally from inside. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely uh, its own version of storytelling. It is. Um, it's definitely got its own style to it that you have to, you have to really like it, but all right. So my last question for you, then we can get you out of here. Um, what do you have coming up in the horizon? 
Um, and then where can people find you if they wanted to work with you or see, you know, stuff that you're doing. And then also your brother, um, you, he has a YouTube channel, I believe as well. Yes. Cause I watched a video of you guys talking about, he was sick yes. and, uh, was it was your family blaming steroids? Exactly. That was the yeah. video. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Did steroids really put me in the hospital? And we talk yeah, about yep. that uh, yeah. kind of in this in this format on his channel. So Dave is definitely worth following. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel called Pulse Nutrition and Bodybuilding. Um, I have a YouTube channel which is the Mike Pulsonella YouTube channel with a lot of content on it from. 15 years or more, however long I've been doing this, there's a lot of content. Do you know how many videos videos. you have on there? I don't know. Hundreds. Wow. Wait, and and they're all maybe, maybe, you know, I'm not sure. Um, But some of them are long. Some of them are short. Some of them are just little clips. Some of it, there's a lot of variety on there. Um, I've also been uh, producing podcasts. Now this isn't in the bodybuilding world, but I want to mention them because uh, I think that they're interesting. And if there are people who are listening who are yeah. interested, they can follow this po- these podcasts. Well, one of them is kind of in the bodybuilding and strength world. And it, it's called, I'm um, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I blanked out for a second. It's called Legends of Iron. So if you do pod, if you okay. like podcasts, you look them up, look up Legends of Iron. They talk to a lot of uh, strength athletes, um, but some bodybuilders too. And it's it's a lot about, it's very inspirational it's a it's a lot about how you know how to how to work the body how to get stronger physically but also mentally i i love working on that one there's another one called i strenuously object which is a believe it or not podcast of a law firm so there's a lot of good information on there on their podcast about you know if if you have to go to a deposition you know how do you get prepared for a deposition you know Things I'm like studying that. for the LSAT right now. There you so, go. Follow I strenuously object. So, so that Donna. that's great. Uh, and uh, I'm working with. Uh, we haven't put it out yet, but I'm working with uh, another lawyer who's also a LGBTQ advocate herself, okay. and her, she's got a podcast that's going to be coming out soon called Out Boss, and it focuses on men and women in the LGBTQ community who are, you know, trying to make a difference trying to be bosses in their own world. That's going to yeah. be a real good one. I like doing these, these podcasts. Um, nice. If anyone wants to reach me, they can reach me at Mike at Mike Just send me an email, Mike at Mike and uh, possibly we can work together again. As for bodybuilding uh, documentaries, I don't see anything like that on the horizon. Uh, my brother and I will continue to put out hopefully fun and interesting content. You can follow us. For that, um, you know, other than that, that's that's a pretty busy day for yeah, me. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, and I, I wanted to make it clear that uh, that I appreciated your work, not because it was in the world of bodybuilding, but because of the the artwork itself. Um, so I wanted to uh, to thank you for for putting those out. They did genuinely help me. I know they're helping other people, and uh, I'm definitely going to go check into uh, some of these hundreds of videos you had. I, I've dove into a little bit, but just the bodybuilding stuff. So now I'm definitely going to have to go do a deep dive and uh, at least a couple hundred. I, I've kind of lost track, but it's at least a couple hundred. I've been putting them on that's YouTube since 2005. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a long that's, time. That's definitely a lot. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, it's been amazing talking to you um, and Thank honor. You so Honestly, it's it's been crazy sitting here that. listening to your voice. And seeing you so uh thank you for for coming on for gracing me with your time and uh good luck in everything that you do 
Thank you. Thank you for reaching out. And I really had a good time uh, talking to you about all this. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Have a good one. You too.